You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. No. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy Presents I found an old computer with a game called Zonk. Written by Justin R. Foreman and narrated by Jimmy Ferrer. Thrifting has never been my thing. Call me pompous or uppity or any adjective you seem fit. Thrifting has never been my motto. I have nothing against it. I understand why it's there. I just like new, unused products. I like the smell of new plastic even if it's that shitty cheap stuff from China. There's no greater pleasure in life than opening up something that's new. Peeling those protectors off screens on phones. Popping bubble wrap that protected your shipment. It just feels right. But what doesn't always feel right is the price tags. Recently, I've fallen onto hard times. I work for an office supply store. A horribly unappealing job, really. With everything nowadays going digital, office supply stores are beginning to phase out. Everything can be ordered from our online store, so what's the use in storefronts? Luckily, the company puts on the mask of giving a shit about us enough to not just shut down immediately, but slowly phase it out. They gave us a four-month warning, saying that we need to begin searching for some new work. So, I turned to thrifting as I said. I had nothing against the act of thrifting, I just prefer my stuff not to have the smell of rotting basement etched into its history with no amount of detergent able to wipe the slate clean. My tune had quickly changed, for the most part. I still hate that mildewy smell that emanates off any nice jacket I found. I started to love the thrill of the hunt, though. Spending days in various locations searching for those hidden gems. I'm not an overly exciting person, so to say that it got my adrenaline pumping would be an understatement. I turned my newfound love of thrifting towards searching for electronics. With all my free time, I spent a decent chunk of it watching videos online of old computers. Whenever I would go out and search for things, I would keep an eye out for old PC parts. 
Eventually, I had enough to cobble together an old IBM machine. The white plastic monitor now heavily yellowed for years of active service. The keyboard was squishy and full of crumbs, and the tower was a hefty beast weighing 15 pounds on its own. The day I started that thing up was one of the greatest achievements of my life, and also the day I thought I would die. It sounded like a jet engine was taking off, whirs and clicks ruptured through the tower. When it finally booted up and took me to a desktop screen, I realized there was an old floppy disk that had been stuck in the tower. My mind raced with possibilities. Was it some old photos? Am I going to get a voyeuristic look into someone's life from the past? Is it music? I clumsily searched through the computer files, trying to find out how to access it. When I finally came across the only thing it could be, I found it locked. Somehow, I didn't even know that this was possible. Somehow, they had locked the disk from opening. I needed a code. Well, just my luck. There was no code to be found anywhere. My adrenaline once again racing, I needed to get in. Morbid curiosity had a stranglehold on me. I decided to take the tower side off in order to see if I could manually eject the disk and bring it into a local computer store and see if they could crack it for me. Just as I took the case off and began to reach for the disk reader, I noticed an etching on the inside of the case. 010 Oof. I jotted it down on a nearby notepad and gave it a try on the file on the computer. Voila! A master sleuth cracks the code once again. I was in, and to my surprise it was just a game. It was called Zonk. It was still early in the evening, so I thought, what the hell, let's try it, right? I came this far, and as much as I was hoping to be able to spy on someone's life from 1993, I just got a game. When I launched it, I was greeted with a low-pixel render of some cutesy character. He looked like a mix between Qbert and Mickey Mouse. It was oddly close to copyright infringement on both accounts. The titles above him just read, Zonk. He just sat there, moving slightly back and forth with a jaunty little MIDI tune playing in the background. I pressed my enter key on my well-used keyboard and was greeted with a wall of green blocky text amidst a black background. Greetings, player. You are about to embark on a great and mythical quest. Zonk is trapped in a castle in the far reaches of space, and you're his only hope to help him escape and reclaim his lost home. Using your keyboard, type to Zonk what he should do next. I was then sent straight to a new screen. Zonk was there, in what looked to be a cell. He stood there staring into the proverbial camera, waiting for instruction. The graphics were surprisingly beautiful for the time. It looked way ahead of its time and I was confused as to why it hadn't made more of a splash for that alone when it had released. I typed in to search the room. Just as I hit enter, I realized that command may be too complex for a game this old. 
Hell, it's probably too complex for a game made today. It didn't matter, however. Zonk was already moving about the scene. The crude graphics and choppy animations went into overdrive. He tore the seemingly modern-looking room apart in search of items. To my surprise, he arrived back at the forefront of the scene with his quirky smile and the happy chiptune play. Zonk found something. It appears that it can help him escape the room. Clear as day, the game spelled out what I should do next, so I did. Zonk headed to the door and waited. An awkward amount of time passed before anything had happened. I was still. I thought perhaps it was... loading the next scene? Suddenly, Zonk launched back into action. It was not what I was expecting to see. The music had drained from the scene. He sprung his spindly arms through the small barreled gap that was the top half of the wooden door. I wasn't sure what he was doing until I saw a second cartoony figure dragged in by Zonk and bashed up against the door. Zonk had a hold on the character's neck. With one quick motion, he pulled out something and jammed it into the character's neck. The happy music returned and Zonk turned back to the camera like nothing out of the ordinary had happened. I was freaked out. Was this some hacked game? Maybe it was one of those games that had a guise of a kid's game, but was some darker underlying theme. Like the literature club game that circled the internet a few years back. I reasoned to myself that it was just a spoof game. Like that which I just mentioned. I pressed on. I typed in a command to exit the room. He did so without hesitation. We entered a new scene. It was that of a hallway. It looked more like a hospital than some castle in the far reaches of outer space that is touted at the beginning of the game. I typed in to head down the hall, so we did. As weird as it was to say, I felt attached to Zonk like we were a team. Sure, the game took me by surprise. I didn't know it was going to be a horror game, but I'd be damned if I didn't love a good scare now and then. Zonk rushed down the hall, the bouncy music looping over and over, enough to drive someone mad. When we got to the end of the hall, there was another one of those cartoony-looking characters. I got a better look at them now, and it again looked like it was on the cusp of copyright infringement. It was nearly a spitting image of the Disney character Pete, but they wore a night uniform. Again, not very spacey, but I did just witness one get stabbed to death, so who am I to say right now? The guard was clearly taken off guard when they saw Zonk. It seemed nearly unscripted. The guard fumbled and tried to subdue Zonk, meanwhile he just stood there, staring at the camera, happily bouncing back and forth as he always did when waiting for a command. I felt rushed and didn't know what to do, so I typed in a command to fight. It was like I had unleashed some kind of monster. Zonk, with barely any effort, grabbed him by his throat again, still happily dancing back and forth on the screen. He lifts the guard up and crushes windpipe. Low-quality sounds plopped out my speakers like tar dripping down the wall. When I regained my composure, my morbid curiosity still had me in its grips, I had decided to press on. I sent the command for Zonk to leave. I was greeted with another wall of text. Congratulations, you completed the first section of Zonk. With Zonk safely out of the castle, 
he is now free to complete his goal of reclaiming his home. The game placed me with Zonk on a street. He was in his usual place, standing, staring into the camera, happily bouncing back and forth to the music. There were people that walked by occasionally. When they entered the frame and saw Zonk, they changed. They ran. Graphics were great for the time, but were still limited. No amount of limitations could hide the fear on their faces, though. I wasn't sure what to do next, so I typed in a command for map. Sure enough, it seemed to work. A map appeared on the screen and showed a small city. There was one place with an X on it that was circled and had an old friend written by it. I decided to go there. I input, go to old friend's house and the screen went to black. I thought the game had locked up again. No audio, the tower clicked, and were just as it did when it first booted up. I thought maybe everything had crashed. Come to find out, it had. The PC must have overheated or something. It shut right down. I left it be for a few minutes and decided to fix myself some food and a drink. I didn't realize that it had been a few hours since I sat down to play this game. When I returned and tried to boot it up, it started with no hitches. Sure it whirred and clicked, but I came to realize that was the norm for this big old beauty. Once everything was back up and running, I went to launch the game again. Worried all my progress had been lost. Games sold never had autosaves. When I launched it, I was immediately placed outside old friend's house. Zonk stood there, staring happily like always. It was so immediate that I had jump scared myself. I wasn't expecting to see that face so close up soon after I typed the command in the DOS to start the game up again. This time, I had no control over the game. No command did anything. I was just treated to the game playing itself. Zonk slowly crept up the steps leading to the house, bouncing happily back and forth to the music. And just when he was standing in front of the door, I noticed something. The house looked more and more like mine. The number on the house was the same as mine. I tried to quit the game, but I kept getting error message after error message. Congratulations, you've won. Congratulations, you've won. Congratulations, you've won. Then, the doorbell rang. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, Please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at CreepyPastaWikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved, unless otherwise stated. The 
Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of horror queers, genre commentary from the LGBTQ perspective, SCP Archives, The Boo Crew, listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.